Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So are you like aware that I date other men? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you're okay with her sleeping with other men? Most of the time. Yeah, I'm okay with it and I accept it and it's uh, almost an act of loyalty and um you at a hotel room or where um, <laughs> it normally normally we would hang out at another person's place. I mean, it, it just, yeah, it depends. Yeah, Vincent and I normally would go to his house and hang out. Do you yeah, bring I mean, people into your mm-hmm. home? Well, sure. And you're okay <laughs> with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I trust, you know, again, I trust Kim's judgment and um, her intentions mm-hmm. and where she's coming from. So, um, yeah, again, that's come where some trust comes into to play. So Do you find a, it weird to have had another man in your bed? Yeah, sometimes, definitely. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, our Seeking Brother Husband edition. We're on episode three, you guys, and how are we feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like we, you know, let's be honest. I feel like we have a good one season wonder in us. I don't think we're going to get renewed. I mean, especially when basically all of the cast members have said we're not actually um polyandrous we're all polyamorous um you know it's hard to keep up the uh the illusion so i'm enjoying what i'm assuming is going to be one season of a pretty decent show that uh nobody's gonna remember but us and that it'll be our special thing you know it's our special thing let's start off with mike and Alyssa because they had the least to talk about this week um first we see her meet up with her friend amanda to give her the tea what went on with your date what's going on with the dating app fortunately she takes her transition lenses off for this situation it's time to get serious Alyssa tells amanda actually things with the dating app are really going well because she was really upfront in her profile about like being married and that everybody she's spoken to so far has been really understanding which yeah it's like you're like the unicorn you know (laughs) like a girl that uh I don't really have to be that emotionally connected to and like I can bang her and we can just have fun and then she goes over to her husband yeah great (laughs) yeah I'm sure they're responding really well excuse me really well I'm sure they love that Amanda tells us in a confessional that Mike and Alyssa are the first couple she knew that had like a non-traditional relationship, but she's had many conversations with them about them. 
And she says that her interest is piqued, but then she later says that she feels like this relationship requires a lot more work and energy. So Amanda is like, okay, girl, well, let's see the dating app. She's looking through it and she notices that I, whatever app she's using, I guess you can tag people, you can tag your partner if you're like looking for a third, right? But Alyssa says, well, that doesn't really qualify with us because we're both straight. Like, we're not trying to, like, co-mingle with our relationships, right? So Amanda says, like, what do your parents think about all of this? Of course, she's, no. Alyssa says that her parents are really understanding and great. Uh, based on the scene that we saw of her mom just being like, why don't you just stick to Mike? He seems like a nice guy. I, I don't know if. I feel like we might be overselling the situation, but comparatively to what Mike's mom thinks, I guess, yeah, they would be super understanding, but yeah, it's a whole other situation. So Alyssa says in a confessional that Mike's mom thinks Alyssa pushed him into doing this. He felt forced. He just stayed into it. So none of them really talk about it. It's just the elephant in the room that they don't really discuss. But Alyssa's ready. She now... How long have they been together? 11, 12 years? Now all of a sudden is like, I think it's time to have a conversation one-on-one with his mama. So she comes home and is like, okay, well, let's hit up your mom on FaceTime. And it could even tell that like, she really didn't know what was going on because they answered. They're like, hey, like trying to act like, oh, we love you. She's like, hey guys what's up? (laughs) And so they're like, oh, well, we want to invite you to come down to LA to hang out with us. We'll have some family time. Um, Alyssa's parents are going to be there. Um, Alyssa's here, by the way. Do you want to say hi? Hi. Like it's, they don't have a relationship. It doesn't seem like. So they're like, okay, yeah, family day sounds great. But Lisa, mama Lisa's like, okay, like, is there a reason why you're inviting me? Like, other than just fun in the sun and going to the wine. And Mike's like, well, mainly we wanted to talk to you. We wanted to have fun, but we also really wanted to sit down and talk to you about, like, Alyssa dating other partners. Which I I think is very interesting. Because you're also dating other people. I mean, or you're trying to. You're in a relationship where that's an option. So why are we just talking about you, Mike? I mean, because the show is called Seeking Brother Husband. But, like, you know... (laughs) What are we doing here? (laughs) Because now that I think about it, they're going to sit here and have this conversation, but they're not even going to be telling her the whole truth. If they don't tell her that Mike is also seeing other people, then this conversation is a completely moot point. Because that's not, you're telling 50% of the story and expecting her to like sign on to that, but that's not even the truth. So what are we doing? Okay. But Mike goes, yeah, we want to talk to you about Alyssa dating other partners and explain everything in more detail from the cheating incident to, you know, figuring out exactly what we wanted from each other moving forward. So Lisa's like, right. Uh, well, I do have a lot of questions and concerns and Alyssa and I have not spoken about this. So she's like, I just, I want this to go smoothly, but I do have questions. Mike says in an interview that Alyssa and his mom's relationship is friendly, but it's basically surface. So this is a risk because it could get from worse to worser with this conversation, but I guess we'll see. All right, let's move on to Shara, Patrick, and Noble. So Shara comes home to tell Patrick, oh, I just saw Noble. He wants to reignite the relationship and move back in. Patrick goes, move back where? And Shara just laughs and goes, I know, right? They don't like this man. What? Y'all were just trying to find anybody at all who was willing to be in a relationship with another man. They don't like Noble. Shara says to production that it was premature the first time that Noble moved in. And it was kind of like a whirlwind and really wasn't the best choice to make really that soon into an already new relationship dynamic. Patrick says that Noble doesn't understand boundaries. Now, this is where I have to issue a correction because I was under the impression that what had happened with this moving out situation was that Noble was crossing boundaries, which I think we say is true, 
but that he i thought that noble and char were fucking upstairs and that patrick was like oh i don't like that you're supposed to be in the basement no according to patrick these lack of boundaries were just patrick says in a confessional that it was weird for him to move in for noble to move in but he does say that they discussed it it was just still weird regardless but noble would do things like sit in the kitchen unannounced which annoyed patrick and then that became a consistent thing but then once noble left things just got a whole lot better and at this point i need to know what the layout of is in the basement is it a full basement with a kitchen does he have a bathroom like to say that like you're not allowed in the kitchen he was just sitting there he was just sitting in the kitchen that's all you got for me I do feel like I'm getting the vibe that Noble is like a flop in many areas, but just sitting in the kitchen isn't really like selling me. It just seems like Patrick didn't want anybody in his house, which is completely fair, but just say that, you know? And then the other part of that is like, okay, what is, what was the relationship supposed to be? Were you guys supposed to be brother husbands where you get along and you guys have your own like platonic relationship outside of what's going on with you and Shara? Or were you just expected to be sitting in the basement waiting until Shara felt like playing with you? <laughs> like what, what's the dynamic here? Let's really hash things out. So Patrick then says, I also feel like the other issue with Noble is that he doesn't know how to court a woman. He just wants the convenience of sex. Whereas Shara, I know that you're looking for somebody who to like show up for you emotionally, right? Shara says that it's really confusing because Noble is telling her, like he's pitching her hard. I care about you so much. You know, I really want to be with you. I want to make this work. But she feels like they're really more like friends of benefits. And that in her words, he wants an open pass to some vagina. A lifetime membership to some cookies. <laughs> so Patrick says, yeah, he wants a lifetime membership without having to pay a membership fee. And Shara says, exactly. Okay. Uh, break up with him. <laughs> Y'all don't like him. You laugh at the idea of having sex with him. You laughed in his face uh, when he said he wanted to get back together. And now here you are giggling in bed about it after the fact. Y'all don't want him. And then Shara says the most confusing thing of all. She says, I am not even sure if I'm like looking to spark a new connection. I just want these two, Patrick and Noble, to get along because they're like oil and water. Okay. Shara then goes outside to see Patrick. He's washing her car. They have matching black and white Teslas. I roll. Um, so she's like, oh, how are your kids doing? He's like, oh, fine. And then Patrick reveals that he has five kids. Now, that's not the issue I think I have an issue with. He says, listen, the man's 47. He's like, I got three kids from a marriage, two from outside of a marriage. But then he said that his kids are aged 25 to 35. And this man is 47. Y'all doing the math on that? baby baby's having babies 47 minus 35 do you guys know what that is <gasps> y'all should see my face right now and i know i couldn't possibly have not heard that right because they showed it in the caption 25 to i have so many questions Okay, I just went over to Twitter to see if anybody else was talking about this. And everybody was like, oh, well, maybe these are just stepkids or, you know, but you need to clarify, sir. I need, I need the clarification. So then Shara tells Patrick that she's in a space where she wants her own kid. And she feels like that's something that she should experience. Patrick seems shocked because they're 10 years into their relationship. And he's like, man... In the past, maybe I would have been open to this, but at this point, I'm an empty nester. I'm having fun. I'm good with that. So Shara says, well, I just feel like you've had your own children, but I haven't had any. And Shara says that in a confessional that Patrick has expressed not wanting to have kids 
the entirety of their relationship. But now she's changed her mind and she wants to get the show on the road and see where she stands. AKA just like start trying, right? Because she's, you know, a little bit older. At that point, Noble shows up. And somehow during this, Shara found one of those, you know, blow your own bubble things with a big ass wand. (laughs) Where this came from, I don't know. But then Shara goes into this weird like baby baby thing it it's weird so noble shows up and patrick's got jokes immediately he's like oh, why'd you block us in? why'd you put put your car in the driveway so patrick patrick's rules for you can live in my house but you cannot be sitting in the kitchen and you cannot put your car in the driveway <laughs> so he says well, before you so rudely interrupted us and blocked our cars in the driveway. Now, granted, Patrick's washing the cars. You aren't going anywhere. And you're filming a scene. See, he does not like this man. Prove positive. So he's like, oh, well, Shar was just talking about having a baby. To which Noble says, who? Who's having a baby? So then Shar gets into this baby voice. She goes, well, I think I've reached a point in my life where I just really want to have a baby. So Noble goes, but with who? And then Shara and her bubbles are like, well, I don't have anybody in mind just yet. So Noble says in a confessional, listen, more power to her. (laughs) But I think she's like underestimating the amount of work that it would take to have a baby. And I just know that her and I won't be having a kid. So at first I thought, oh, that's pretty harsh. But actually we do find out there is a medical reason for this because they both have uh, the sickle cell trait. So just having a kid wouldn't be the smartest idea. But again, this goes to the fact that Nan and one of y'all need to be in a relationship with the other one. Patrick hates Noble. Noble thinks, I can't imagine being a, I think Shara's like in her forties or late thirties and having a man say to me, I don't think you have any idea what it would be like for you to have a baby. Like you're how you dumb bitch. Like, (laughs) Like, that's pretty fucked up. I don't want to be in a relationship with a guy who feels that way about me, you know? So Noble says, what? So, like, are you just trying to manifest this with somebody else? And Shara says, yes. (laughs) Noble says in a confessional, in terms of somebody else coming in and, like, him having to be repositioned, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to him. But honey, these two were just cackling about you moving in behind your back. So I'm not really sure if you're in any position. He doesn't even want you your car in the driveway. So then we find out that Shara met somebody named DeAndre as a possible candidate for a new baby. Because they go on a date. Now, does does DeAndre know that she's looking for a baby? Well, let's find out. So DeAndre actually tells us that he met Shara at his aunt's boutique. And that they were hit it off from there. He was actually pretty surprised that she was married, but he's just going with it. He's he's fine. So they decide to go salsa dancing and then for drinks afterwards. And she mentions twice during his date, oh, my husband took me salsa dancing a few years ago, but, you know, it wasn't like this, blah, blah, blah. So DeAndre's like, yeah, so can you explain that to me? Like, what's the deal? Jara tells him, we've been together 13, 14 years, and we've had intimacy issues, and basically it got to the point where they weren't doing much beyond, you know, cuddling or hand-holding, so she got frustrated, and a few years ago, they decided that she would date multiple partners, and DeAndre goes, wow. <laughs> so Shara then goes, I'm looking for love and a partner, and, uh... He knows, hey, that's different. So DeAndre goes, you know, I'm, I think you're a beautiful lady and wherever I can get in, hey, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> this lady's really got something. And then he says, listen, I'm just looking to have a good time or whatever. So Shara says, well, my long-term goal when I find a second, Noble, you hear that? When I find a second partner is to have a baby. And then DeAndre just starts bursting out laughing. <laughs> So then she has to start laughing and be like, ah, right, is that not is that not what you want to do? Oh. <laughs> ah, ha, ha. So then they ask him about it in a confessional and he just sits there and is like, I think I'm having a brain freeze right now. <laughs> like, cannot compute. 
So I guess we'll see more on that later. I don't know. I don't think we need to see DeAndre and his burgundy button down anymore, but I have a feeling we won't be that blessed. All right, y'all, let's move on to Tiger, Carl, and Kenya. They're all in the kitchen. Uh, Kenya claims to be cooking up gumbo, but most of the scene, we just see her, like, scraping a wooden spoon on a pan with seemingly nothing in it. Um, She hands, like, the last third of a bottle of what she says is celery juice over to to, uh, Carl and says, here, you didn't finish your celery juice for the morning. Do you boys tell your mamas that I take care of you? Like, ew, do the dregs of... Celery juice already tastes like spit and already has the consistency. And now you're just giving me the last third of it. Like, do you want me to call my mom and tell her that? Is that what you want, Kenya? Here comes Tiger Cottontail coming out of his room being like, Oh, well, hey, remember how I told you that my mom wanted nothing to do with our relationship and our wedding? Well... I spoke to her and that's still very much true. So do you want to still get married even though you explicitly told me that you didn't want to without her approval? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. What do you think, Tiger? What do you think? So Kenya says in a confessional, I'm pissed off, honestly. (laughs) His mother and his father being an absolute no. When is the day where it's like, oh, we love you. You're our daughter-in-law. When is that going to happen? I don't know, girl. You're 10 years in. And I have a feeling like finally forcing them uh, now that you guys are on camera is not going to be the time where they want to take you in as their daughter. So Carl, ever the middleman, says, well, Kenya, you know that we know what it's like to not get support. But I told Tiger that as time goes on, you know, people started coming around to us. And I just feel like his parents maybe just need more time. You know, maybe another decade. Let's give him. Carl says to production that he's usually like the go-between between Kenya and Tiger. He tries to get Tiger to understand uh, him or her rather, and that he tries to get Kenya to understand guy stuff from from Tiger's perspective. I can't imagine what those conversations would be. So Kenya says, again, this just feels like a sign not to even have a wedding. So then Tiger goes on, once again, Kenya is harping on my mother not being here, and I'm just super unsettled about it. And it just really makes me want to scream and rip my colored contacts out. He didn't say the last part, but... Also, is are his teeth too white, do, you, do we think? They're like blindingly white. Anyway, Kenya says, well, you know, 
I'm ignoring this uh, plea to get married. I want to change the subject. I actually got, wanted to talk to you guys about something. Um, do you guys remember David? And Carl just starts laughing. Like, <laughs> And Tiger goes, well, I know of him. So Kenya explains to us, David is the first dude that she dated. The first serious boyfriend that she had once she and Carl decided to open up their marriage. So then Kenya says to them, well, you guys know I never dump anybody. I'm always with them in some form. Let's talk about that, Kenya. What do you mean? <laughs> We're just never breaking up with people? Okay. But then she says that David has uh, expressed lately a desire to come down and see me. Something I'm sure has nothing to do with the show, right? So Tiger immediately, immediately goes into like child getting kicked out of his bedroom mode. Well, if David comes back in here, are you just going to fall out of love with me? Like these people talk like truly children in preschool playing house. This is kindergarten house. Like, well, why, why don't you, if he comes here, then that means you don't love me anymore. So he can't come over. So then Kenya continues to cuckold these men by being like, well, you guys provide different things. You know, David is somebody who... <laughs> uh, and then she starts laughing harder. She's like, why are you guys looking at me like that? Um, ma'am, we're looking at you like that because we caught you in a memory. That's why. I, I know that laugh. That, <laughs> you know, he provides... Uh... <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> girl... She's not even trying. This woman is truly black woman Cody Brown. Like she revels in um, the, because remember in the beginning seasons of Sister Wise, like especially that first season, he would just like gush and gush over the intimate little things that he and Robin would do. And he would talk about them gleefully on the couch, just like he would talk like, oh, this part irks my soul. Oh, so there was a part in Sister Rise, for those of you who don't watch, in season one, where Robin and Cody are getting married, and Robin decides to invite the other three sister wives to go dress shopping, right? To include them in this moment. Um, Christine, the third wife, is heavily pregnant, like basically crowning <laughs> at all times. And then... So they're like thinking like, oh, this is a moment for us to all connect for the first time as like four, you know, the new four wives and they're having this moment. And then Robin, that bitch, reveals alone on the couch that this is all just basically performative bullshit because she and Cody actually went dress shopping before that and they, um, he picked out her dress. So this whole, like, we're going to pick out the dress thing is just, like, some crock of bullshit. So then the ladies find out, like, on their couch after the fact, you know, when they do the interviews, the confessional interviews. So Robin ends up, or no, Cody actually ends up being the one to be like, hey, guys, I actually have something to tell you. Um, I actually picked out her dress. Like, you know, we picked it out before you guys even went to that shop. And Christine is like, devastated they're all of them are like first of all why and why and then christine has to say you didn't care about what i wore at our wedding at all you, you didn't even care but you're having these like secret intimate moments with with robin and he the way he would just delight in telling his other wives that ugh, seared into my memory he still does it well I would say that he still does it to this day, but he only has one wife. Let's be real. And by the way, ugh, no thank you, young lady, to the, to the listener who sent me that video ugh, of Cody doing a cameo for somebody. And he's, I think he's like in a basketball court for whatever reason, you know, just shooting hoops and let me just, uh, Take a, take a little break to record a cameo. But anyway, he talks about um, basically how he's like, you know, the difference between like fundamentalists and Mormons. And then he says, well, I'm actually like kind of feeling like I'm living my life more like a fundamentalist Christian these days, a.k.a. Um, only have one wife, right? But then at some point, you know, he just can't help himself. So he gets up and he's like, oh, you know, I can't give you any secrets about or spoilers about what's going to happen next season, but here's something that you've never seen on TV. And then he gets up and does a 
headstand, handstand. And this man is wearing, uh, you know, just, uh, what do you call them? Just jogging pants, right? Sweatpants. And I think we all know what, um, sweatpants are known for, uh, causing attention to what part, what area of your body, you know, draws attention to. And so to see that man doing a handstand and to see that button, and I will call it a button, pop out. I'm really upset about that. And the kind of upset where, like, I have to now put it on you guys because it makes me feel better. Like, ugh, you didn't see it, but it was bad. Real bad. And you know what? That really upsets me because, like, gray sweatpants season is a sacred time in America in, in fall. And and you know what? To take that from me, like, the last thing that I would have wanted to see was Cody Brown's button dick print in some sweatpants upside down while he's doing a handstand. Ugh. I'm going to pass out. Let me, where, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> So Ken is playing fake coy about why are you guys laughing? Why are you guys looking at me like that? And Tiger goes, well, you use the word provide. And when you say that, I think there's really only one thing that he's providing. She's like, what? Girl, you're going to make this man say the dick. Carl breaks it down and is like, listen, you're looking for to have separate rooms with Tiger. Now you're reconnecting with David, who's your first love. Uh, you're kind of iffy on the ceremony, which I would have to say she's not iffy. She's made it very clear that she does not want to do it. But he goes, you know, that's probably a little scary for Tiger. The Tiger says in a confessional, I'm mortified. And that 100% assures me that I'm not going to be able to stay in my position in Kenya's life. <sighs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like if somebody is telling you, I need you out of my bedroom because we fight every day because I want to get it and you don't want to give it. And so we get in an argument every day for months now. What are you surprised about? You guys need to be talking about why you don't want to have sex with her, Tiger, and not you getting married. <laughs> Tiger must be the rare man who is like, I actually want to have less, little to no sex and more commitment in our relationship. <laughs> he is, you know, and that's, you know, I feel like the con colored contacts are making a lot of his decisions. And I just feel like if he just took even one of them off, we might be seeing a different man. So after that, Kenya goes for a training session with this man named Dr. Flex, who she says... She Well, she tries to sell us on, he knows everything, he's met Carl and Tiger, he likes them, they're boys, like, he's my personal trainer, we talk about everything, blah, blah, blah. So she tells him about Tiger's family not being on board for the wedding, right? And how, in her mind, she wants Tiger's family there, her family is there, Carl's family is there, all three of the mother families coming together in community, because she feels like they're already married. And on top of that, she's looking for somebody. And so Dr. Flex, you know, who I would like to roast, but you're the only one in this situation who makes any sense here. He says, how are you talking about getting married and finding a dude in the same sentence? <laughs> how is that? You, you already have two husbands. So do you want to find another boyfriend or like multiple boyfriends? What's going on? So the doctor, the good doctor says, I just wonder what it is that you need fulfilled with like more partners or if whatever it is that you want can even be fulfilled. Thank you, Dr. Flex. Thank you. So Kenya says, well, it's called fresh attention and new relationship energy. So Kenya starts to pitch him like, hey, Dr. Flex, you have a girlfriend, right? Somebody walked in the gym, you know, a nice woman walked in here and complimented your physique. You wouldn't tell her. Don't compliment me. I have a girlfriend. You'd say, thank you. You'd probably feel good. You know, it would like, you know, bump you up a little bit, right? She goes, I'm never going to stop dating. This isn't about finding the one. This is about my community, about my experience with everybody on this planet. I'll always keep that open. Girl. <laughs> First of all, your little metaphor with him getting a compliment has nothing to do with you wanting to like fuck 
you know, having hoes in different area codes. This is two different things. And, like, even though I really don't know or want to know anything about this, like, Shirley MLM scam that she has to do with, like, relationship coaching, life coaching, whatever the fuck, but I would like to know more of the philosophy and the, um, you know, the reasoning why these people have decided, like, is there something more than like, oh, he didn't want to fuck me anymore. So he decided to open up because it seems like, I mean, we know with all these books and podcasts and whatever that Kenya has some sort of like methodology. And again, I don't really want to know, but like, I feel like it would explain, it probably wouldn't explain too much, honestly. (laughs) Never mind. Dr. Flex tells us in a confessional, it's beyond my understanding at this point. I got a lot of questions. So Kenny tells him, well, I just hope Tiger isn't upset about the changes, but frankly, we're just not as intimate as I would like. So I need David. I need David to deliver what Tiger isn't. And I just hope they all get along and they can learn to be brother husbands. Well, okay. And let's with end with Vincent, Dustin, and Kimmy Bangs. This situation is dark for me because I feel like this is the most close to polyandry relationship that we have on the show. And yet the dynamics. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Kim and her friend, Brittany, they take their matching. I mean, they are just like, here's my, here's my truth. I don't like hippies, you guys. <laughs> I don't like them. And I genuinely, like, don't like to, like, categorize a, you know, group of people and just say, I don't like them. You know, I we're in 2023. I don't think we should really be doing that. But I said what I said. And here's my truth. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I find most of these people who purport themselves to be like spiritual and whatnot are mostly people in my experience who come from probably conservative backgrounds in some form or fashion, whether it's religious or political, both, whatever. Right. And then they're escaping something from their uh, parents because I see these people as like desperately boring, desperately. And so we cling to these like mysticisms and the fairies and the whatever the fuck. And now we're wearing maxi skirts and Tevas and we got these like mandala tattoos and, you know, we're cutting our bangs at different lengths and like everything's all happy and free, right? You know, kombucha, we're smelling like patchouli. But the thing is like the pipeline from hippie to, to Republican is short. I've seen it happen so many times, you guys. In and I'm not even talking like Republican. I'm talking like QAnon, like wild shit. And then there's also this like um, a lot of people who tend to like just feel like, oh, I'm above it, I'm elevated, and really they're fucking assholes that don't take consideration for any other people. And they're like, well, I'm of this world. I'm not, so I don't owe anybody anything. And like, it's just a, an excuse for them to be like terrorists, like emotional terrorists to people. And like, this hasn't even personally happened to me. It's just things that I've experienced. Well, I have experienced the uh, hippie to QAnon pipeline. I have seen that and it's bad. (laughs) 
it is bad. But um, yeah, I just find these people to genuine, generally be disingenuous and like more on that later. So, you know, here they are with their skirts downtown Asheville, I guess. And Brittany, you know, Brittany with one T has a candle shop that they're going to that her friend owns. Like, I mean, <laughs> Kim says that Brittany has been her sort of polyandry guru because she's been living this lifestyle a long time. Also, her family hates it. And, you know, so they, they're connected in that way. So Brittany is saying that this girl is her friend, that she's been guiding her through these relationships. But then she's explaining the whole situation with Vincent. And it's like Brittany has never heard this before. <laughs> like Kim is like, I've been in a relationship with Vincent for like a year. He's met our kids. The kids have come over. They've really bonded. And she's like, oh, wow, that's so great. Like, like truly, like she's hearing this for the first time. So Kim explains, well, I noticed Vincent getting attached and he was okay with Dustin, but not really anybody else. And so I told Vincent, like, if he, if I wanted to date somebody, he would need to be okay with it. And I don't think he would be. So Brittany says, you know, I do think it's really cool that you're motivated to try to keep this going with Vincent, but you just need to make sure he doesn't want to limit, you know, you and what you need. So Kim then says that they've spoken. He's not really trying to hear about her dating and he gets a, he gets a toot about it. <laughs> I haven't heard that. It's truly like 1995. Somebody say toot. Um, probably since the last time I watched Full House. But anyway, she's like, you know, I just think that what we need the most is for Vincent to see me dating other people. So Brittany's like, you know what? I have this party coming on. Why don't you just go invite Vincent, you can meet our little hippie friends and, you know, we can share incense, do a swap together or whatever, whatever it is that we do. And then everybody kicks it down to this backyard. There's like little, you know, ceramic mushrooms and a bonfire. Half of the people are wearing shoes, half of them aren't, you know, it's just like a whole thing. You know, there's an RV in the back in case people want to, I don't know, rub their chakras together, whatever these people do. But anyway, Kim is just like... <laughs> What, this doesn't really look like a party so much as like what I would, I don't want to be mean towards <laughs> poly people, but like, I feel like even poly people know that there's like a look, like there's a look and there's like a vibe, you know, <laughs> no shade, no shade at all. But this party just seems like a swinger Polly, and I know those are two different things, don't come for me, thing, it's just like, it just seemed like a bunch of dudes, is what I'm trying to say. It seemed like a bunch of dudes with a few women, and those dudes were just like, well, maybe I'll get picked today. And and that's just the vibe it was getting. Like, Kim's talking about this being some sort of dance party. Nobody seems to be dancing except for her. And there also seemed to be like eight, eight to 11 people there. It's It's not giving. It's the amount of people where it's like, if you don't know these people, it's too little because more than likely all these people really know each other and you're like really the oddball out. Maybe one or two of you don't really, you know, you're not really on the inside and there's not enough people to where you can like hide and you can't just be like looking at your phone or whatever. <laughs> like it's, it's that awkward number. Dustin is there earthing and I noticed at one point he and Kim say hi to each other and he's like how was your night so maybe she didn't spend the night with him but yeah he's got no shoes on and he tells us he's fine with Kim dating other men and what it brings to him is it's allowing Kim to fully express herself and to see herself through other people's perspectives and lifestyles and that it just adds a much more rich and fulfilling life to what she brings back home and to what she adds as a human which to me seems like Kim is boring. <laughs> so get out there and find something else for us to talk about. Vincent shows up and they make it seem like this man does not interact with anybody at all. Like he just sits down briefly with Dustin. But for other than that, he's just sitting like a bump on a log, literally just like not talking to anybody and just kind of staring at the ground. Like really nobody's trying to make an effort with him and vice versa. It's awkward. It's very awkward. Again, for like, a small group of people where it's very obvious that one person is isolating themselves. Kim does come up to him and like do a little, little two-step dance, 
he doesn't seem interested at all. Honestly, it just seemed like, I don't, it was a, just a weird vibe. I, in the first episode, Vincent did say, like, I got the feeling that our dynamic was kind of like, oh, we have fun with Vincent, but then, you know, he can just go home when we're done with him, which really put a, a you know, a pin in my brain for like, something about this dynamic is like, odd and I think even like there's a tinge of racial oddness to it as well for me but then it gets weirder because we meet this lady named Michelle who's monogamous she tells us she met Kim a few months ago um through her boyfriend who's known Kim and Dustin for like a few years right so Kim you know they're just kind of like hey girl you know just like oh hi whatever And then Kim asked Michelle, are you aware that I date other men? And Michelle's like, oh, I wasn't sure. And then she asked Dustin, are you okay with it? And he's like, uh, you know, most of the time I am okay and I accept with it. And I consider it kind of an act of loyalty. And he keeps going. But before he even finishes his sentence, Michelle goes, so like, do you guys get a hotel room or like where? (laughs) So Kim goes, um, well... Normally, we would hang out in another person's place. I mean, it just depends. Like, normally, like, Vincent and I would go to his place to hang out. Then Michelle goes, okay, do you guys bring people into your home? Are you okay with that? You do? And Dustin goes, well, I trust Kim's judgment and, you know, her intentions and where she's coming from so again that's where trust comes into play and so michelle goes okay dustin do you find it weird that another guy's been in your bed before and dustin goes yeah i mean sometimes definitely yeah (laughs) yeah sometimes definitely (laughs) so michelle tells us in the camera she feels like marriage is sacred and it's just between two people so she's really not sure that she agrees but they have different viewpoints and maybe it just takes time to digest that So then she tells Kim and Dustin, you know, it's not for me, but it is always nice to hear how other people live their lives, I suppose. Did they ask you? (laughs) I don't recall them asking. Now that we've told you about our relationship dynamic, how do you feel? Do you want to do it? I also don't recall them like trying to recruit you, but okay. Kim says, well, we had to figure out what was right for us and follow that regardless of what other people think. And Michelle goes, I'm so glad that you guys are able to do that. But like, at least for now, that's not for me. Again, did they ask though? And then Michelle just walks away. (laughs) So Kim says in a confessional, honestly, that was kind of intense. And there were times where I kind of feel like Michelle got a little judgy. And I get that. It's not for everybody. But it kind of just made me continue to think about our relationship and, and how I would define it. So back to what I was saying about hippies, like clearly Michelle is like, she'll wear the pendant. She'll, she'll take her shoes off. She, you know, no bra, maybe she shaves, maybe she doesn't, but you can tell that like she gets her hair done professionally. So like, really she's maybe like four years away from being like, Oh, what, what happened in, in those, in uh, Wayfair, you know, (laughs) those kids were being sold in closets. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's her vibe. Then we see Kim uh, meet a gentleman named Ryan, who she tells us she doesn't really see really ever one-on-one. It's only in these group events, parties or whatever, but she always laughs and giggles when she sees him. So she thinks that's a good sign. They sit down. Now, remember I told you that Vincent has been sitting like a bump on a log? Like literally there's these, you know, like those stone, I don't know what you call them, but basically it's like a pathway. Where you can, you can sit on them. There's like an edge where you can sit on them, right? So he's sitting there and Kim and Ryan sit down maybe five feet away from him. So she, they're talking about, you know, uh, your white pants. Do you wear white every day? What a question is that? <laughs> what kind of question is that? So Ryan says, well, I did today. I did today to try and impress you. Okay. So Michelle is over by the uh, grill just staring daggers at Ryan and Kim. Vincent's sitting by himself, again, five feet away, just watching them, like the dark night that he is. And he's like, you know, it's, it's a little difficult to watch this because, you know, I have to say, like, it would just be hard. For, I don't, I don't know. He, I felt 
for, for Vincent, even though I do feel like, why are you so shocked at the idea of being in an open relationship when you're in an open relationship? I do think that even for the most open person, it would be hard to be at a party sitting by yourself with nobody talking to you while your partner is like making, you know, googly eyes at somebody else. Like I, for my ego, I would not be happy about that. So I, I get it, Vincent, even though I don't understand why you're in this relationship. And especially like you got to take that L with a guy who decided to wear white jeans to an outdoor woods party. That, you know, I would, I would really feel some type of way about that. So Ryan invites Kim to go get a cocktail. And at that point, I, I feel like Vincent could probably hear cause he's so close. He gets up, right? So Kim says in a confessional, she's kind of upset and mad because she created this space for Vincent to be social and to meet her friends, but he's the one who's not making the effort. And this is where I feel like. No, girl, you created the space to see him or to have him watch you flirt with other people and decide in that moment that he was going to be okay with it. No, when he already told you, I can't be in this relationship. (laughs) You're like, well, I'm just going to make him watch it. He'll love that. So to further drive my point, Vincent says at the end of the episode, Kim usually really is like, like the reason why he likes her is because she's really good and helpful with opening him up to be more social and like talk to people. But she really wasn't doing that this time. He goes, but it's not her job. That's on me. But I just feel like there are a lot of things that have been left unsaid. And those things have to do with the other people in her life. And it's hard for him to pretend when you know the truth. So what's going on here? Like, so there's darkness here. And I feel like he's probably right. He, She invited him to this thing and was, like, not really being, like, a good hostess. And it was just like, oh, I just want to, like, you know, body pop, do some body rolls and, like, maybe hula hoop and flirt with this guy with white jeans. And Vincent, everything's going to be great. But, like, you didn't introduce him to anybody. He's just sitting there by himself, like... that's weird very weird something in the taco taco soup meat ain't clean with this couple it's not but we'll find out next week y'all thank you guys so much for listening thank you for speaking